ESPN 690 and Action Sports Jacks presents Brent and Friends with Rick Martineau. We're going to have to show a little more patience than the year two compound people. Casey Kurtz. Yo! But what are we doing, bro? Come on! And Aaron Schachter. I'm, I'm all in favor of these two showing their love, really celebrating their relationships. This is Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau, Casey Kurtz, and Aaron Schachter on Jacksonville's home for ESPN Radio, ESPN 690. <laughs> the way to start the show is Aaron shows me his donut sticks. He's ready. He brought me some as well, I think, what believe you, it or what not. What do you get? Do you got some food in there? Yeah, bro. And donut sticks is a bonus? It's dessert. You know what I'm saying? It's the way of life. What is a donut stick? Is that like the glaze? It's a donut made into a stick. Come on, Brent. Think about it. Is that is that like you get it, Dunkin' Donuts? Right. No, the, the, but thanks for exposing me. I picked that up at the WA. No, I know, but it's like the one you get at Dunkin' Donuts. It's nothing like it. Dunkin' Donuts actually has quality food that I get over there. <laughs> Wawa is more like heated trash that I'm picking up. Bro, I'm he's so mad at he's this so point. mad at him right now. Time out. That's not Wawa brand. So easy to right, your hit on, all right? I'm just saying I stood in that place for 25 minutes for two sandwiches, and everyone looked at me like I was there to, like, talk chess or something. Like, what are you possibly doing here, sir, with a receipt in your hand, waiting so patiently? And what would you guess? Like, if you were in the Wawa line, right, and it's taken a little bit to get your food. What would you guess Aaron is and does for a living? A cop. Like, <laughs> just looking at me. I'm trying to get people in trouble, maybe. A little bit. A little bit. What would, what would I guess Aaron does for a living? Yeah, yeah. Something very unsexy, right? Oh. Something that you wouldn't talk about at parties. Wow. Something that you just don't discuss would be my guess. Uh, I am a spelling bee coach. <laughs> <laughs> no, because that's a conversation. Style. You know what I think? Like you, you could be like a wrestling coach. You've always looked like a wrestler to me. Yeah, like an undersized bouncer. Yeah, like no, a that's bouncer a good one. Quite cut it. That's a good one. Bouncer, yeah. No, like that's a good. a security guard that's like not needed, right? In a place. <laughs> you were right. You were right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Like here. Yeah, like, like yeah, exactly. Like, He's the security guard yeah. outside our building. Just yeah. for us every day. <laughs> And, uh, and if there's real trouble afoot, Aaron will push the civilians in the way to get away. You push 911 on the phone is what I'm going to push. Get me out of here. It's like he is the um, he's the bouncer at Roadhouse before they got Patrick Swayze. Listen, Sam, what's his name? Sam something? That guy no, was... Sam's the other dude. Yeah. Okay. Sam, Sam's like the old vet. Like I haven't you know? seen that movie in like two decades oh, now. But, so uh, you know, they're coming out with a new version. Are they really? They're redoing nah, it. Nah, it's not going to be good. No, not really. <laughs> but they're doing it. I mean, you better have one good sex scene up there. That Some lead, yeah. I mean, that's good. <laughs> like, seriously, that sounds good. <laughs> uh, Brent and friends on ESPN. So I, I think we're on to something here, man. Like, what would Aaron be? Let us know in the chat. What do you think Aaron could possibly be if his job wasn't radio expert, highly rated morning show host? Now, look, don't let the uh, sexy good looks... The, uh, the steely blue eyes and the, uh, the smart mouth fool you. <laughs> I don't know what the rest of that was. I pretty much gave up halfway. But anyway, you know, when I used to go to Dunkin' Donuts as a kid, especially because we have them in every corner in Rhode Island. Me too, dog, yeah. Well, like those, the glazed stick mm -hmm. was a thing. Do they still have it? Like I haven't the, seen it in a while. Well. You, you know what? I haven't. They don't I haven't do seen that? Those. No. no. Really? No. Because I'd order them. That was good, man. Because they used to have one that jelly as well, but one that was glazed. I would eat the so jelly they had two one. two different ones. Never seen it. 
Yeah. I'll tell you another thing I don't understand. People don't like jelly donuts. I like jelly donuts. No oh, jelly donuts. donuts. Why? I like jelly, grape jelly outside. Like you throw it on like a, a biscuit or something. I'm all for it. Grape jelly. I'm here. Yeah. I recently saw a, a report donut, not a that had the jelly listed as like top three nationally. Oh, it is? Yeah. but I feel like I hear so many people that don't like that. Well, they stopped making them for a little bit during the pandemic. It was one of the weirdest days. I showed up in the drive-thru and they were like, we don't make ham sandwiches anymore and we don't have jelly donuts. And I was like, was this a decision from the top? Was anyone going to let us know? I've had this conversation before, okay? With me? No. Because oh, I'm saying I've had it with a lot of people. But I, I've done this before, but, well, you're going to have to soak it up right now. We'll talk football. we got Tony Khan on. we got a big show lined up. So but you're the wasting fa- time on when I, No, when I go home to Rhode Island, mm-hmm. and I, they make this in Rhode Island, and it's only some locations in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And i remember now, I'm not a chocolate fan. Like, I don't like chocolate, like a chocolate donut, chocolate You like fudge, trail mix and soup. Cho- yeah, I don't like that stuff. But... You know the chocolate-covered donut? Yeah. Right? Just regular frosting regular over the regular... Old like the middle, a, yeah. Yeah. And they put what we call back home in Rhode Island chocolate jimmies. Never heard of this. You never heard what chocolate jimmies are? Well, there's chocolate sprinkles. Okay. That's what they call them back in Rhode jimmies. Island. Jimmies? Yes. Who are they named after? I don't know. But Jimmy V? I don't know really named after Jimmy V in, the, uh, in New England. But anyway, that's what they call it. And so the chocolate sprinkles on top of the, the frosting. Okay. All right? Well, if you go to any donut shop, as Dunkin' Donut shop in the country, you can get a chocolate-covered donut mm-hmm. with the rainbow sprinkles. Yeah, you can't get the chocolate sprinkles. But on you it. can't get the chocolate sprinkles, and the difference is phenomenal. And I'm not even a chocolate guy. I go home when I go home. I eat at least a dozen of those <laughs> in, in a, a three-day stretch. <laughs> in a three-day stretch. No, I'm telling you, it's you like a stuff thing. up the game bread. It's like you go get clam chowder. Mm-hmm. You get chocolate Jimmy donuts. Get any lobster? course but that's on the list okay and i'm but what i don't understand is why they don't have it everywhere else i don't i don't really understand the point of people sprinkles to be honest with i hate i don't i don't get it you want to talk about useless i look like a useless kid bouncer or something like that what about sprinkles they don't taste like anything they don't do anything you got chocolate jimmies all over your donuts these sprinkles do it it makes it way better yes it just makes it better so you say that the chocolate Covered chocolate donut is better when you put chocolate flavored sprinkles on it. So much, not okay. even close, man. Look, I'll take your word for it. I'll it's a thing in Rhode Island. Why do they only do it in Rhode Island? Like, why would they only? It's not like they discontinued it in Rhode Island. They know it's a thing. Yeah, I guarantee yeah. you. If you ask your peop, your folks at Dunkin' mm-hmm. Donuts, it is probably the hottest seller in Rhode Island. I don't get it, and I don't understand why they don't have it anywhere else. There was one time at 210, I think the guy that owned the franchise at 210. Mm-hmm. I know him very well. I've been there many times. New England roots. Okay. I don't know if it's the same Did person. Did he make still. jimmies? He it. I went in there one time and he had them. Or she. They had them. And, and I got them. And then, and then, the then I've day, never seen them since. Next day he had a black eye, broken shoulder. <laughs> they came and had to talk with him. I mean, it is the, it's the crazy. It sounds so stupid. It does. <laughs> You're actually correct. I know it. But why... I can't get the answer. Well, now I got to figure this out. I got to. I need some. I need somebody way in deep at Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, we to need give answers, the answer. people. Thank you. Ugly coverage. Glad I got that off my chest. That's like a once a year thing. <laughs> <laughs> and anybody who's from Rhode Island or exactly southeastern Massachusetts about. and has been and had, you know what I'm talking about. And you can't find it anywhere else. But different areas have those different little nooks and crannies of food, you know. What donut does Dunkin' Donuts have that you can't get in Texas that you can get in Florida? Like, it's not one of those things. Yeah, usually a franchise, you know. You don't see McDonald's with, like, a special burger for Jacksonville. Exactly. Good point. You're welcome for the Dunkin' Donuts. (laughs) 
Brett Martin, Casey Kurtz, Aaron Schachter. We got Tony Khan. Big conversation coming up with Tony in just a bit. We have AEW Rampage. Fulham's actually playing as we speak. What's going on? And uh, Jags with the big one against the Giants. And so we asked about analytics. We asked a little bit about uh, keeping Trent Balky. Uh, this is a pre-recorded conversation we just did earlier this afternoon, so we don't want to mislead anybody. Uh, but that's coming up uh, in just a few minutes. And uh, we've got a big show lined up as the Jacksonville Jaguars really need a win uh, to get back on the right track. I mean, I can't I, – I keep coming back to this game as, like, like, I do believe the NFL works in funny ways that the Jags are going to win. I also go back and look at the numbers like, well, the Jags sh almost should win if you look at some of these numbers. Some of it doesn't make sense. I did more number searching yesterday, guys. The Giants are giving up 5.6 yards per carry. Yeah. It's the worst in the NFL. They're getting gashed. That is not a great defense right now. You know what else is funny? Like, I thought their front was really, really good. Like, their front's pretty good. It's offense or defense? Defense. Okay. They've got, like, 13 sacks. It's not even close to, like, the league high. They have one interception on the year. Now, here's the one metric that they are better than everybody else. Is this luck? Are they making this happen? They have seven fumbled recoveries in the first six games. Wow. That leads the NFL. Yeah. So they're getting some timely turnovers. But... I can't get over the run. Like, we're talking about Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley. I mean, maybe this week we should be talking about Travis Etienne, Travis Etienne, James Robinson, <laughs> Jermichael Hasty. Because yeah. 5.6 yards, like, how do you not just go right back to the well of what worked last week if you're Doug Peterson, if you look at what the Giants are not that great at? I think this is what people are seeing, though, when they look at the Giants and they're like, is this a real team or not? And wondering if they're a fraud. It's hard to call a 5-1 and one team a fraud, but you're right. You look at those numbers. You look at how they played their opponents. And, you know, void of Saquon Barkley and maybe some amazing offensive line play from a few guys on the team, literally just two guys, like there's not much else to be really excited about on that Giants team. But the work that say the, 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 the advantage Saquon Barkley gives you is pretty stout. I was looking at this number today, Brent. Tell me if you heard this. As far as uh, play action pass and play fakes, second highest play action rate in the NFL and Danny Dimes tied as the highest graded play action passer with a 91.3 grade wow 91.3 when have you ever thought that daniel jones would be graded 91.3 in anything outside of like chemistry <laughs> that is a great uh sign of what dable's doing he's putting them in position if again if you go, go back to blake bortles a little bit that year they did a great what they did they do they established a run with fournette 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 so that play action worked well the Jags do a little bit less of that because they kind of like to throw it outside and oh, yeah. all those things. They're setting up Daniel Jones for success, but it all comes back to Saquon Barkley. Mike Caldwell had the best quote and all he said today when asked about their offense and Daniel Jones, what they're doing, like what have they been doing well? He said 26. That's 26. It. That was his quote. And it's, it's really interesting to see because, again, I said this to Casey earlier in the week. Saquon Barkley's been, like, invisible to me for the last few years. He's been we injured. heard coming out of Penn State, and he was like, whoa. He was Zion Williamson. Rookie year, amazing. Well, Zion Williamson just put up, what, 25 last night? That's a big deal. Welcome back. Yeah. Saquon Barkley, welcome back this year in the mm -hmm. six games. He's got defensive coordinators losing sleep. Yeah. And he, it's that kind of guy. The jump cuts they mentioned, the ability to be explosive. He can still run free. He can catch the football. I mean, he is that guy that we expected. Just haven't seen it over the last few years because of injury. Think about this roster. Well, what wide receiver can you name on the Giants without studying the depth chart? I mean, there's nobody on that team that they're utilizing. And Daniel Jones is literally having a near-identical season to last year when they won four games total.
Yeah, they're five games right now. They're winning clutch in the moment. They're making big plays when you have to make plays. They've got Saquon Barkley doing his thing, and he's a threat. But they can't. They don't jump out in any phase of the game, no. really, as a football team. We'll be back, Brent and friends, on ESPN 690. Tony Khan conversation coming up next. Back to Brent and Friends here on ESPN 690. That means Brent Morton, Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz, and joined by a man with so many titles. Now that Tony Khan joins us here on ESPN 690 and uh, making rounds this week ahead of a big AEW event back in Jacksonville at Daly's Place. He is the AEW CEO slash GM. He is the Fulham Vice Chairman of Director of Football Operations, General Manager, and Sporting Director as well. And he is Senior Vice President of Football and Technology at Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm actually Tony the Con. Chief Football Strategy Officer. Uh, is that what the this title is, is now? This is a big, big business card now. <laughs> I've been the Chief <laughs> Football Strategy Officer for, uh, for a few years now. So, uh, yeah. How do you keep track of all the titles? It's a lot. And I'm also the owner of True Media and the chairman of True Media Networks, which is one of the largest providers of sports analytics in the world. It's a great time to talk about what we do there because we service most of the Major League Baseball teams of over – about 25 now, over 20 of the wow. Major League Baseball teams, uh, and do a lot of work for ESPN, football, baseball, and soccer. So here at ESPN, one of our great partnerships, doing all of the analytics you see on TV. If you, you're watching, for example, baseball, they'll show the three-by-three, three, the hot and cold zone. Yeah, and yeah. I know you're yeah. a big baseball guy, Brent, so the, the heat maps, the red and blue, that's all generated out of the True Media system. And here at ESPN... There are literally probably over 600 users of True Media. So a great sports analytics company and do a lot of work here locally with the Jaguars and with the NFL and also in European football in England. And uh, so that's another to add to the title uh, and business card list in addition to the Jaguars <laughs> and AEW and Fulham. Which is awesome, by the way. You know, analytics kind of got you into all this. Obviously, then uh, you and your dad buy the Jacksonville Jaguars, but... It started with a lot of analytic influence, and then boom! Now you're you got the wrestling, and you're you're making moves in Fulham. I mean, how crazy is it that this has evolved for you personally into what you're doing? It's really been a, an amazing journey that started here in Jacksonville with the Jaguars, and right before we started recording today, you and I were just saying. Uh, I've known you almost a dozen years now, and it's pretty crazy that I came in. This is now my uh, 11th season working in the NFL, and my family came to Jacksonville, and I was somebody who loves sports stats my entire life, and we've been really fortunate. I've been able to come in and bring some analytics, and it took a long time to build it, but we have gotten to the point where we've been able to identify players, some really valuable players that – went undrafted over the years at the Jaguars, players that used to be with us like Corey Grant, Jared Wilson, Mike Hilton's one who's a really good player in the NFL who got out of here. I, would, I wish we would have kept. But then uh, there's so many uh, great players, I think, that really when you look through the draft process, there are always some hidden gems. And there's still some players on the team right now. James Robinson, Trey Herndon are players that – you know, I called and signed up as free agents, so that was pretty cool. And uh, it was really great, and I love doing that at the Saturday of the NFL draft every year, but also week to week. It's really cool working with Doug and the staff here. We have really good analytics people, and I used to be in the office uh, all week doing it with a small group, and now we have a much bigger group. 
and Doug, with his experience, was already doing a lot of this with the Eagles. So Doug is one of the most analytics-driven coaches in the NFL. So it's been a really close connection. Trent, also at the 49ers, was one of the most analytics-driven personality uh, minds in the NFL, really. Trent had worked with NFL top analytics people. When I was arrived, uh, when I first came in to Jacksonville, in, in 2011, ahead of my dad officially closing the transaction in 2012, Trent had already been working for years with Parag on analytics in San Francisco and learning advanced statistics and how to apply them to his decision-making. And, again, Doug in Philadelphia had great success applying analytics into his coaching, and they're both just great at what they do, and I think it's been a really good connection, and I just really enjoy working with the three of us under my dad and and i think it's become uh tangible in the results but also especially in the improvement that you can see in the team year over year where we are at this point in the season this year versus last year and the year before that really in the last several years i think the talent level is far ahead and also even though it hasn't all translated to wins there's been games where we've been really competitive where we've had chances to win and i think it's going to come and, you know, sitting with Trent watching every single game and then catching up with Doug after the games, you know, we see the progress and Trent and I have been sitting here watching the games for years and watching them together. And I think we have seen the team grow and get so much better. And I think uh, it's really cool. And my dad has worked so hard to build a consistent winner here in Jacksonville. I think he deserves this. So it's pretty, it's awesome. Tony Khan with us. Uh, I want to talk more football, but let's get you get talking some AEW and Rampage and, and meet and greet coming up actually like in a short time. Uh, do you enjoy that part of it, uh, the meet and greet and, and what goes into this big production back in Jacksonville at Daly's Place? Well, it's just so great to be back in Jacksonville at Daly's Place. We have this meet and greet today ahead of a big show we're doing tomorrow night at Daly's Place. We have Friday Night Rampage live on TNT. We're going to tape matches for a couple hours from 8 to 10 for our AEW Dark YouTube show that airs uh, every Tuesday. Hundreds of thousands of people watch that every week. It's got a big worldwide audience. And we also have TV on in 130 countries around the world. We have this show that's going to be live on TNT. It's one of the top shows on cable, and it's watched all over the world. It's a top show on ITV in England, which is the top free-to-air commercial channel in the country. And uh, we have, you know, again, over 130 countries worldwide where our TV shows are on. We also have a show on Wednesdays on TBS that is consistently the top show on cable. It's been number one show on cable most weeks this year. Uh, and uh, on Wednesdays, it's pretty amazing the history we have. Uh, it's been the, m more than any other show on Wednesdays. It's had that number one spot this year. And... It's been on for just over three years. We just celebrated our three-year anniversary, and almost half the shows we've done, we just did our 160th episode, and almost half of them have been here in Jacksonville. Through the lockdown, we did our shows here. It's been the home to AEW since we started. We actually launched the promotion here in Jacksonville. Brent, you were there, and it was at the beginning of 2019. And now our TV shows have been on for just over three years. The three-year anniversary was just a couple weeks ago in Washington, D.C. And Jacksonville's really a home to AEW. And after the lockdown, we were here for over a year. We've, now we've been on the road for over a year. In that time, we've seen the whole country. We've done AEW Dynamite and Friday Night Rampage, like the show tomorrow night here in Jacksonville that's on live on TNT tomorrow night at 10. We've got... Uh, 
this great record of, of doing shows, Friday Night Rampage and Wednesday Night Dynamite, all over the country. We've been to Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York City. We've been to the Forum in L.A., the United Center in Chicago, Little Caesars Arena in Detroit, all the top venues all across the country. And we're going to continue to expand, going to Seattle, San Francisco next year. But it's really important to come back here to Jacksonville, which is the home that allowed AEW to launch and where we found a home and were, did shows through the pandemic, which was really cool because if you remember at the start of the 2020 football season, we had fans in the stadium and it was pretty cool. And it was a trailblazing thing to do. It was aggressive, people thought at the time, but it really we, what we did was totally safe. We went through an entire football season with zero known COVID transmissions and did over a year of wrestling shows every Wednesday out in Daly's Place with fans out in the stands, socially distanced. We spaced the people out, but we had fans in the stands. It was the only place in North America where you could see wrestling TV with fans. And there were zero known COVID transmissions for AEW and the Jaguars here in Jacksonville. And when the NFL started in 2020, if you remember, there were only two teams with fans in the stands, the Chiefs and the Jags. Mm. So the Jaguars really uh, were able to keep the fans in the, in the games. I wish we'd been able to have a more competitive team that year, but I think right now it's for everybody who's been a loyal Jaguars fan, I, I really feel like this is the year where it's, it's coming together and paying off because you're seeing the team take strides across the board. I think... Trevor's stat line is a microcosm of the team. If you look, he's improved every statistical category year over year. It's exactly what you want to see from a young franchise quarterback, that kind of marked improvement, whether it's completion percentage, yards per attempt, touchdown, touchdown interception ratio. He's really turned it on, and I think it, it adds up when you look at what Doug Peterson, you know, Press Taylor, Mike McCoy – and the great staff Doug's put together have, have done. And then defensively on that side of the ball, Mike Caldwell has come in. He's got this great group of young players and his great staff he's brought in. And I think Trent has accumulated a lot of assets. And now Mike has been able to put together a really good defense. Uh, and, you know, I think uh, we just got to build consistency because we've seen good performances on both sides of the ball. And that's a huge step from where we were last year and the year before. And it's got us competitive in games, and it's been the most fun, I think, season of football we've had. So it's really neat for me. I've been looking forward to this weekend all year to have to have AEW Friday Night Rampage live on TNT tomorrow night at Daly's Place. And then also to have the Jaguars versus the New York Football Giants on Sunday. It's just the most special weekend of the year for me personally. I got to ask, because you say when you launched AEW out in 2019, you want to talk about a harrowing time to start a new business yep. at the end of 2019. So obviously, you don't just launch a business going, well, what do we do next? You had plans that you, you had in place or things you wanted to do. The pandemic comes along. I got to imagine it disrupts those plans in a significant way that you guys have to reconvene and go, what's the audible here? Do you think it ultimately ended up helping you being one of the few things that was out there and new and happening, the action was going on, or do you think it hurt based on what you had originally planned for AEW? Well, it was a mix. I mean, it was very challenging, and it could have set the company behind, but we actually, after spending over a year out here in Daly's Place, we came out of it stronger, and it was thanks to the support of the fans and, at the beginning, the local government allowing us to do the shows in the outdoor environment of Daly's Place and keep the company going, which is a local business, and it was pretty awesome, and we did it safely. We got through the pandemic, and, you know, I totally agree with you, Aaron. I think it really helped us 
to be one of the only shows producing new content through the, the lockdown. We brought big celebrities into Jacksonville to do shows that were seen worldwide and gave Daly's Place in Jacksonville a lot of international cachet, having Mike Tyson in here on pay-per-view and to have Shaquille O'Neal and Snoop Dogg wrestling on TV. These were really big deals, and they were all here in Jacksonville. It was big moments. You know, I went out, Josh Allen and I, we're talking with Sha Shaquille O'Neal. Like, that was pretty cool. And Josh Allen, it was cool for him to be able to come out back and see that. And um, really awesome to have, you know, the support of the community through all this. And that's, I think, what allowed us to come out of it stronger. And then now that we've been on tour and gone back on the road, I agree with you. I think being one of the only shows producing new content at the time, it was really only... AEW, WWE, and UFC were the three sports leagues that were producing new content and doing, having fights week to week, and there was really not much else new on TV. Of course, The Last Dance was huge on, Nef on uh, ESPN. Now yeah, it's on yeah. Netflix, but it was on ESPN originally here on ESPN, and uh, it was very cool uh, to have AEW be one of the top shows through the pandemic and producing new content, and... I definitely think that helped us, and it's actually having UFC here in town. That was the connection. Um, you know, it was all these things had in common was all three were out of Florida, and AEW and UFC specifically were out of Jacksonville, and that's where Dana White and I became really good friends, and Dana White is a really close friend of mine now to this day out of Jacksonville and working together through that early 2020 lockdown to keep AEW and UFC running. And, of course, UFC, a great partner here of ESPN. I think that's what was most fascinating to me. When AEW launched, I mean, you're listening to the people forecasting the success of this thing, and, 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 and everyone's hesitant because you have such a behemoth in WWE in that industry. And then AEW comes along with just haymakers laying it down, right? But then you see a brand like UFC look at what you're doing and follow suit. I mean, really influencing the way that they were going to do combat sports throughout the pandemic because they had their fight island, but they wanted fans back. Yep. And they saw AEW doing it. And yeah. so is that like a little pin of pride for you that you really affected that whole landscape so shortly after you launched AEW? It was amazing being in the bubble. It was, you know, there were very few games in town and AEW was undeniably one of the main sports leagues on TV coming out of 2020 through the lockdown pandemic. And a huge reason was the shows we did here in Jacksonville. So cool. And it was really cool. That's the kind of person Dana White is that Dana said he would keep supporting Jacksonville and the fans here, even though the fans were, were not allowed to attend the shows early on. He said, I'll keep coming back and we'll do shows in front of the fans. And now UFC's done some great events here. And Dana's brought some of the biggest stars in the world here. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty cool to have these two big sports leagues, AEW and UFC, supporting the local community here in Jacksonville, bringing people together. And my dad and Dana and I remember having dinner in the early pandemic outdoors on the boat, spaced out, you know, uh, you know, air fist bumping and all this. It was it was cool. And uh, and he's really a classy person. So I thought that was really cool what he brought here. And I remember when they were closed doors and we were both in the bubbles, uh, we shared the Hyatt as a space actually at one point. And uh, it's a pretty amazing community we have here. And uh, Dana being such a, uh, a cool guy, you know, it, it's amazing. He gave us this access. So we went backstage in the pandemic. So John Moxley and JR and I were actually at the fights 
And we were like the only fans at the show. <laughs> Myself with JR, our legendary Jim Ross, the wrestling announcer, and John Moxley, the world champion of AEW. He's a world champion now. He was a world champion then. And it was pretty cool because, you know, those UFC fighters, they watch wrestling. So when they saw, like, Mox and JR walking around, they, like, got excited. That's awesome. <laughs> they, every, every fighter knew who that, those two were. So that was pretty awesome. Hey, uh, what, what do you got coming up in terms of the matches? Can you, can you share anything yeah. uh, with the Rampage and, and I'm sure... Absolutely. So many people already know, but you're the one pushing the buttons, calling the shots, man. Uh, what, what do you got going on what Friday a, night? Boy, it's pretty amazing to be back in Daly's place because one of the most popular acts in all of AEW right now is the World Tag Team Champions. One of the greatest tag teams in the world uh, over the last several years. Now they've risen to the top and they are number one. The Acclaimed, they actually started in Jacksonville. It was about two years ago, probably almost exactly two years ago, that I spoke to these two young wrestlers and I called them into my office and I said, I think you're both tremendous and I know you've never teamed before, but I'd like you to be a team called the Acclaimed. And they knew each other. They just had never worked as a team. One of them is Max Caster, and I'd seen Max do rapping on Twitter, but he'd never done it in the ring or, or as part of his entrance at least. And I thought it would be so great if his entrance was the rap. And Max is so talented and his partner, Anthony, and Max, they came together, and uh, they worked so hard. Anthony's a great athlete. He's a former college baseball player, and he played baseball at Seton Hall, and I believe also at Moorhead State, and really is so charismatic, and just the way the two came together and came up with things. At first, in Daly's place, in front of the small community here, they really grew in popularity, and then... When we were able to bring the fans back, our first full-capacity pay-per-view event was Double or Nothing 2021 Memorial Day weekend here in Jacksonville. It was the first wrestling show to come back out of lockdown full capacity, and we sold out Daly's Place. We had one of the most rocking electric atmospheres you'll ever see. It's a classic show, and when the acclaim came out, they got such a big reaction. Max specifically uh, came out first in this battle royal, and the reaction it got when he did the entrance, it was like, okay, this is the first time there's been a full now group of fans. And granted, it's Jacksonville where these guys started, but I just have a feeling that uh, this is going to get huge. And man, is it ever! And they really clicked. They, you know, the fans got behind them, and they've started winning matches. They're the all-time leaders in wins in AEW history. And then at Arthur Ashe Stadium, which is really the home of both guys, they're both from around New York. Max is from New York. His father. Played for the New York Jets as an all-pro tight end. Rich Caster, Max yeah, Caster's yeah. father, and is a great player for them. And and Max, being such a great wrestler, it's it's great family athletic genes. And Anthony's from New Jersey, of course. Like I said, played baseball up at Seton Hall. And to have both those guys up around their home uh, win the world championship uh, it, at Arthur Ashe Stadium, and their mentor is a legendary wrestler, Billy Gunn. Who they call? I don't know if I can say this on the radio. I think no. I can. Well, we'll edit this. Daddy ass. <laughs> oh, you're good. We'll Daddy see. ass. That's nothing. Billy Gunn. Daddy ass. <laughs> That's nothing, man. And so they've got these fans and arenas sold out. Tens of thousands of fans will chant, <laughs> and uh, it's just so popular. And this <laughs> has gotten so popular. And another wrestler, specifically a wrestling lawyer, whose name is Smart Mark Sterling, he <laughs> trademarked the scissoring out from under these guys, and he's holding it over their heads. So at Daly's place, 10 p.m., 
on TNT. You can see it live here in Jacksonville tomorrow night. It's Friday night rampage. It will be titles versus trademarks as Sterling's varsity athletes take on the acclaimed with the, the trademark of the up against the World Tag Team Championships. And it's very fitting because the acclaimed started here in Jacksonville, and now they've made it to the top of the profession, and they're putting it all on the line to get back their rightful intellectual property, frankly. So I think it's going to be an amazing match, and I'm going to announce a little bit more. We've announced some things for the card. Hook, who's a wildly popular young wrestler, is putting his FTW title on the line against Ari Davari. There's a great women's match I'm really excited about. It. It's a rubber match between two of the really top young women's wrestlers, Willow Nightingale versus Penelope Ford. And also uh, a little bit more I'm going to add to the card, and a little bit to, to spice it up, I think. Uh, that we'll have a little bit of uh, news that I'm excited for that will be great with a local favorite of the, of the Jacksonville community, I think. So should be a lot of fun. And it's all on TNT. You can watch it on TV, but it's really fun to come out to the matches. Should be a beautiful night. Yeah, it should be. Tomorrow night to watch the wrestling matches out at Daly's Place in the amphitheater. So I'd love to have everyone come out, and it's going to be a beautiful weekend, I think, to have uh, AEW on Friday night on TNT and then also to have uh, the Jags here and have a home game coming at the right time, I think, for a team that's uh, working really hard and I think can earn a win this weekend. All right, Tony Khan with us, Brent Martineau, Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz, Brent and friends on ESPN 690. Let's go rapid fire because we're going to get you out of here um, for that meet and greet, by the way, coming up at uh, 4.30 at Daly's Place. Uh, can Fulham's off to a nice start? Can Fulham stay up? Yes. And, and can, are you guys good enough to, to be like this all year? Yes. Uh, the team has been off to a great start thanks to the hard work of our players and particularly – due to the great coaching of Marco Silva, who's doing an, an awesome, awesome, awesome work at Fulham. And I really, really believe we can stay up. And, you know, it's very challenging to stay on the Premier League. And we've got a lot of experience now in the Premier League. A lot of our players are experienced, some with Fulham, some with other clubs. And we brought in some really good international players, too. I think everybody's gelling in a great way, largely thanks to Marco Silva and the great Fulham staff. And it's just a real pleasure working with Marco Silva, who I have so much respect for. Similar to with Doug, where he has great experience. Marco's been a Premier League manager. He knows what it takes to win in the Premier League, just like Doug Peterson knows what it takes to win in the NFL. And that's why he's been a great hire for the Jaguars, and we're going to continue to improve under Doug, I believe, Marco has the right mindset and will continue to get better at Fulham under Marco Silva's coaching. Jags look really good in all these statistical categories, but they're two and four. You guys are two and four. Like it doesn't. It seems weird, right? Because you you mentioned the marked improvement. The numbers kind of say, hey, they're a better football team right now than two and four. In analytics, does that average out eventually? Does that work out in your favor from a wins loss standpoint? You have to win the games, but at the same time, I think it shows that we've come so far to be competitive because what that reflects that we've been in a lot of close games and the team's been very competitive and I think we need to win the close games and and in the NFL you know we've that's really important because our wins have been games where we got off to a big lead and I think we've been in a lot of tight games and we got to win those games but with a young football team there's steps and I think what they've shown is that year over year the team's gotten so much better and i think that's the most important thing and we're building for the future this is a long-term thing we're building in jacksonville with the jaguars and it's really come a long way this year 
largely thanks to the hard work of the players and the work that Doug and Trent and everyone in the building is doing. Uh, you mentioned Trent Bulky. I, I mentioned this before the show. You know this. You know the pulse of the fan base. You saw what was happening back in January and December. There was a lot of venom toward Trent Bulky, uh, and you guys stayed loyal to him, kept him. How did that all manifest itself, and why? I guess in in that way. And it seems like right now it's paid off with a pretty good roster. Well, my dad is one of the strongest willed people there is, and I think my dad knew as and I know that Trent is a really strong talent evaluator and an honest person and a good general manager and he really deserved a chance and I didn't think the abuse Trent was taking was fair my dad definitely didn't think the abuse Trent was taking was fair and we you know really stood beside him I've watched every Jaguars game for years with Trent and uh, we have seen the team firsthand getting better and better under Trent as GM and now the team is taking a huge leap under Doug and I think with the talent that we've stacked up in particular, you know, uh, there are some good players that have come in in the last couple of years, young players, uh, some second-year players, and now the rookies uh, that are really making a big leap for us. So, we, you know, we've really, I believe, found with Trent uh, somebody who's a, a strong talent evaluator and with Doug, uh, a coach, and also two people for me that have good experience working with analytics, like I was telling you, because mm-hmm. Trent at San Francisco and Doug in Philadelphia had a lot of great history working with statistics and some good results that came from that. And I think we can do the same thing here in Jacksonville building for the future. It's interesting to me at any business as the workforce kind of transition, especially leadership, what you find are people who like the ways they used to do it and a group of people who like the ways that things are getting done now. And in analytics, this has really been like a, a tidal wave, a wave of momentum. They say the NFL is a copycat league. Well, if it's working, people do it. And that's what we've seen with sports science and analytics. So I guess my question for you is, you know, we're talking about how Doug is, is well entrenched into the numbers and analytics and Trent. Obviously, you, you live and work that passion. But over your time here, over the decade plus, did you run up against any roadblocks? Not that you have to name names or anything, but like were there people who were resistant to the new way of doing things and then ultimately... Do they see that way, or do they go out to pasture with the way that their things are done? There's definitely been mixed uh, mixed reception to the analytics, and I think it's gotten more positive across the NFL. Hey, everybody's doing it now. across yeah. the NFL, similar to what happened in baseball, where you know, if ever, every, I think a large percentage of the listeners here would have either seen the movie Moneyball or read the book, which is a great book by Michael Lewis, and it's a great movie. And that idea of having people resistant to it. But that was, you know, over 20 years ago in the baseball business. And now in the football business, we've seen similar adoption across teams. Just like at the end of Moneyball, you saw more teams starting to adopt the analytics. And I think you see more teams in the NFL quickly adapting it. So that is happening. And we were, you know, doing the work early and starting to, you know, build models and build things that I think we can use now. And Doug and Trent both have that experience, and then they both brought they both brought people in to work directly underneath them. Like just as examples, like you know Ethan uh, under Trent, a lot of good experience working with analytics at the 49ers, and somebody else good on his staff with really good experience. And then like Ryan is somebody I work with really closely who'd been with Doug in Philadelphia, and uh, there's there's really good culture I think of uh, analytics both in scouting and personnel and in uh, the coaching where the guys apply it. And I think we're a really forward-thinking team because we have decision-makers at the top in Doug and Trent who 
you know, really want the team to be better and believe in using the data to make their decisions. And that's why I think, uh, you know, I, I personally have gravitated towards them in addition to them both just being really nice people. Analytics say that if you strike out 17 times in a game or two, the team that struck out two probably will win the game. That happened last night. Houston beat the Yankees. Analytics mm-hmm. also says the Jags might be a little bit better than the Giants, and I think that plays out this weekend. We'll find out on Sunday, 1 o'clock at TIAA Bank Field. AEW Rampage tomorrow night. Meet and greet coming up in just a short time at 4.30 at Daly's Place. And don't forget, 10 p.m. live, TNT, uh, and Wednesday, Dynamite TBS, 8 p.m. Tony Khan, thanks for stopping by, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate you having me on. It's great to have uh, both AEW Rampage Friday night in Jacksonville and then also have the Jags home game. It's very nice to be at home for me. And then uh, we'll be back on the road with AEW in Norfolk. And, uh, you know, after I leave Virginia, we'll have Rampage up in Connecticut. And then I'm on the flight to London for a big weekend with uh, Fulham versus Everton. And, of course, Jaguars versus Broncos. Very cool the Jaguars TV partner in England, ITV for Jaguars versus Broncos, also the TV partner of AEW. Ah, very good. So very cool synergy going on. You may on. see some synergies while you're in London. I predict, <laughs> Brent, you you may see a synergy, uh, some cool uh, co-promotion of it's AEW and the Jaguars by the network, by ITV, by you know at their request, which is pretty awesome. Very you good. See a good Jackson stuff. Deville suplex off the top <laughs> deck or something. You might even see, you might see cooler stuff than that. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited for the possibilities of the worlds of AEW and the Jaguars colliding on ITV, the best commercial network in England, and uh, very cool to be here with you guys talking about all of it. Thanks, man. Thanks, uh, man. Good catching up with you, Brent. Friends rolls on right after this on ESPN 690.